0: This is an Area Code podcast. This is All Alone, a podcast about life during a pandemic.
1: The following entries were recorded the week of May 3rd. Hi, this is Grace, sitting in the sunshine in Sydney, Australia, um, where we are still on not total lockdown, but we definitely have a lot of restrictions in place. So I have not had COVID. I have had many friends and also my brother who got it in New York. My brother had a, I think a relatively mild case. Um, So he was very, very sick for one or two days, and he went to the doctor, which he normally wouldn't do. We're not a big, like, doctor-going family. (laughs) Um, The doctor said that it's very unlikely that he had it because he wasn't showing any of the normal symptoms, Um, and so just gave him some cold and flu medication and told him to go home, and then found out when he finally got tested a couple of weeks later, found out that he'd had it, and by that point, he'd already recovered. So that's a good thing. He he had it. And so that means that he's got antibodies, which is great. I think I was, I was very, I was being like quite careful and cautious and I was a little bit, I was getting like starting to get stressed out about getting it. Anytime I was out, I'd be thinking about it and, you know, being super duper duper careful about touching anything or, you know, making sure I was always washing my hands and so on. And then I started to read the stats about Australia so Australia, I think, at this point has only had less than 7,000 cases in total and certainly less than 100 deaths. So I realised at the point when I looked up the statistics that we only had like less than 1,200 active cases and, and our mortality rate from people who'd had the virus was like less than 0.01%. Um, so when I realised that, then I, I got a lot less worried because I thought, look, you know, I'm still going to be careful, but I'm not going to stress about it. Even though I haven't, you know, been super duper stressed personally about the virus, I am very, very much on board with, you know, having stay-at-home orders in place. I think it's absolutely ludicrous in the States, and I think people people from around the world are watching on and hearing about people protesting because they want to be able to go to work and they want to have freedom and they're worried about their rights and so on and we just think like that's ludicrous you know and I'm anyone who I've spoken to in Australia has just been like what are people on like it just doesn't make any sense to me <laughs> it's not about a case of it's not a case of rights in this sense it's um it's a case of doing what is right and I don't think people have any understanding of the disease. I think that they um, don't realize how, you know, what kind of comortalities exist. So I do think that people are not acting in a very educated way.
0: Okay, this is Jason in Denver. It is May 4th, I think. So May the 4th be with you. Um, My relationship with COVID-19, I I actually described to somebody recently is the same as my relationship with terrorism. I'm aware of it. I'm keeping an eye out for it, but I'm not letting it dictate my life outside of, you know, the stay-at-home orders and the, you know, separation and everything like that. Things outside of my control. But I'm not panicking. I'm not scrubbing the house down with industrial-grade disinfectant or anything. I'm just washing my hands making sure that everything gets wiped down, you know, et cetera. I do worry that I may be an asymptomatic carrier, but I do have a roommate and his son. Neither one of them are getting sick, so I don't think that I am an asymptomatic carrier. If I am, I'm non-contagious. Same thing goes for them. I do worry that they are carriers, especially the son, because the son actually goes home to his mom's house a few days a week. Um, And she sends him to her boyfriend's house where he has kids and he could be bringing anything in or anything home. And I'm also a little annoyed at my roommate who at first said he was paranoid about this whole thing, but then he keeps inviting people over to the house and he keeps, he's on a couple of dating apps. so He's constantly trying to get out and do things. And it's kind of annoying me that he's, you know, going out and hanging out with, I don't care that he's hanging out with the neighbors outside, but it's when he, comes in and he's like oh yeah we went over to the neighbor's house and we all sat around the living room and you know had a few drinks yeah my biggest concern right now is that not that the grocery clerk is going to get me sick but that he's going to bring something back so because he's just he's not the kind of person that thinks that far ahead my brother's an RN and I know he hasn't been home home like in the house in a month or more because he's uh, terrified of bringing anything home to his wife and his kids, and to our mother, uh, who happens to live in the same house. So, and she's closer to seventy than sixty-five. So he's, you know, being extra cautious. My mom actually sent me a picture of my brother and my nephew communicating through a closed glass door, like a sliding patio door. And they were literally drawing, playing tic-tac-toy on the glass with dry erase markers. And talking through walkie-talkies because my brother doesn't want to bring anything home. And that just bothered me because about the same time she sent me that picture is when we started hearing all the stories about people, you know, uh, saying that, you know, stay-at-home orders were un-American and unconstitutional. And they started holding their rallies at state capitals and whatnot, you know, protesting the, uh, the whole situation. You know, they're out there getting each other sick, spreading a disease. Uh, All because they want to go get haircuts or get their nails done or go back to work or whatever. When there's people, you know, on the front lines. There's people like my brother who are terrified of getting anybody sicker. So they can't even hug their children or their spouses or, you know, their parents or whatever. That just bothers me to high heaven. I mean, nobody's having fun during the pandemic except for, uh, uh, what do they call it? Oh man, the words in my head, I can see it, I just can't read it. Um, but people who are oh, agoraphobics, <laughs> agoraphobics are the only ones who are having fun right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's about it.
1: I have three parks that are right around the corner from my house, one, one that's directly across the road, but I've been finding that I spend most of my time outdoors at the beach. So that's probably like a 10 minute drive from my place. And I've been trying to get to the beach at least two or three times a week, sometimes more, and going for early morning swims even though the weather is cooling down. So we're moving towards winter and um, there's definitely been a chill in the air, but there's still some beautiful, sunny fall days. And I've needed to be a lot more intentional about spending time in nature and in beauty because I think that really affects my um, mood and my mental
0: health. I watch a lot of YouTube. So quick videos, uh, you know, 20, maybe 30 minutes of things that are educational. For example, yesterday, I think it was, I watched a video on psychopathy versus sociopathy. Um, turns out I might be a psychopath. And then I watched one a little bit later in the day on, uh, if you have these 10 traits, you may be a genius. And I had nine of the 10 traits. Uh, So I was like, oh, look, I'm a genius psychopath. That's awesome. Um, So yeah, watch a lot of uh, educational stuff as well as, you know, some just boring, mind-blowingly numb stuff, you know, so nothing's new. (laughs) I just, I'm watching way too much. I know that.
1: So in terms of whether things will go back to normal, I don't think that they'll go back to normal normal for a number of years. um, And I think it will be a new normal. Um, But I think that's not a bad thing. I think that, you know, I studied infectious diseases and security, international security in university. And I, I remember doing research on infectious diseases as a national security risk and it was pretty much across the board like nations around the world had already declared that the risk of uh, a viral infection like a pandemic was the number one security risk even on top of terrorism and a number of you know the risk of war or whatever so i i think that the lack of preparedness and the lack of coordination between nations and also obviously the who's like relatively abysmal performance in how they've kind of dealt with this crisis. I think it's in some ways it's good that it's happened now so that, I mean, I don't don't at all think it's good that it's happened, but I think it's better that it's happened now that we, so that we can, you know, realize how much more prepared we need to be for future. I would love it if things went back to some level of normal, but it's really great to see the earth having time to breathe. I think it's, Good that we're not traveling unnecessarily, that we're learning to use technology for what it should be doing, which is taking off some, like carrying some of the burden of what, you know, international travel and even commuting and things like that. So I think that there are some really good things that are happening out of it.
0: Do I think things will return back to where they were? Yes, and no. Human beings are creatures of habit. Uh, We like to do things the way that we've always liked to do things, especially in America where, uh, you know, we can be a little bit stubborn about change. So I do think that people are going to try to go back to normal on an individual level. However, what COVID-19 has done is point out all the failures in our society, all the, you know, faults and negative aspects that, you know, we've turned a blind eye to for far too long, such as you know, the low wage workers who can't afford to be out of work and the people who don't have paid time off or sick leave or anything like that. You know, the idea that people who are living month to month can't take time away from their job because they still have bills to pay. They still have, you know, rent to pay. They still have, you know, a car insurance and cell phones and everything else. So seeing that it's the, the most menial labor jobs, such as your fast food jobs, your warehouse jobs, your uh, janitorial jobs, things like that, your most menial labeled jobs are the ones that are literally sustaining the economy right now. And those uh, people are out there, they're putting themselves at risk every single day in order to, you know, keep their jobs, keep some money coming in. I do hope that changes. I hope that politicians at the national state and local levels look at these things and say no, these kinds of companies need paid vacation they need sick leave they need to uh, you know stop running you know billion and trillion dollar corporations shouldn't be running on shoestring budgets. They shouldn't have to come to the to the taxpayers and say please bail us out again because we've been putting way too much money overseas. we don't have anything to last us through a, a, a dry spell. So I do hope things like that are addressed and that we move forward from this in a positive manner.
1: So my brother's birthday um, happened while the world was sort of shut down and I was supposed to be in New York to celebrate with him. I had presents that I've still got sitting by my bed, which I was gonna take with me. And um, obviously that changed. So he ended up having friends who came past his house and they had champagne and birthday cake on the footpath, outside his apartment in New York, which I think was a lovely, lovely gesture. And he said that he really enjoyed it, but for certain that would have been a different scenario otherwise. I had a friend who had his 30th birthday. We were supposed to go, you know, a group of us was supposed to go on a camping trip. It was supposed to be sort of like this wonderful experience all together, And that has been postponed until next year. Um, so he said a bunch of his friends threw him a surprise zoom party and I went over to his house and dropped over some cake and some presents. And then we went for a socially distanced walk, (laughs) um, into the empty city center of Sydney. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess people are, I think the one thing is that people are starting to see that it's not the fanfare that happens around it. An important event, but it's really the heart of the event that carries it. I know actually two two different couples who've gotten married in this time um, in isolation, and yeah, I know a few couples who've also post- postponed their weddings. But I think the fact that you know it's people are getting back down to what does what does this event really mean? Like, what is the reason for this celebration? And then really kind of having to get back to first principles on it. Um, and potentially saying, you know, we'll do a, a party later, but really we, we want to be together, we want to be married, and we don't want to wait for an indefinite period of time. Um, I think it was easier for me when I thought that I had a bit more of a handle on how long this whole season might take, but the fact that it now feels a lot more indefinite and undefined has been a bit of a stress factor for me, so I just have to keep reminding myself, and also pressing into the bigger picture, and like trying to gain an understanding of, even though this season may not have been imposed by God, it's certainly something which He can turn for good and which He can use. And so, how can I get online and get in alignment with, <clears throat> with what that, what that meaning and that purpose is at this time? Um, and I think that that's been that's been a comfort.
0: All alone is created and hosted by me, Morgan Lee is produced by Richard Clark, Sarah Cameron, and myself. All Alone is a useful group podcast. For more information or to join us, please send us an email at coronavirusdiaries at gmail.com. To stay updated about this project, please visit us on social media. We're at
1: All Alone Pod on Instagram and Twitter.
0: This is an Area Code podcast.